Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? This is Jeremy Brenner here with the Dream Shake, presented by the Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets, at And tonight, the Rockets were up 24. It looked like a really good night. I was about to come on here and celebrate with you, Red Nation. But psych, nah, you didn't think the Rockets tank command was going to let that happen, right? Absolutely not. So... Rockets, they fall here. Final score, 117-115. What's a man got to do to get a win around here, man? Jesus. I mean, I don't really know how to feel about this one, guys. You know, obviously I'm disappointed that they lost. But at the same time, you know, in in a meaningless season, game 81, I'm kind of over it already. At least I probably will be by the end of me talking this out. But I know I've got Michael Brown here at the Whataburger drive-thru. Maybe he can add some pepper into the conversation. But Mike, a uh, bit of a role reversal here tonight. What's up, man? Uh, it's you funny how Taco this Bell. has come full circle now. Yeah, you went to Taco Bell. I felt like I had to go to Whataburger on the way home uh, from the watch party tonight. So it's a pleasure to be on with you as always. Yes, and uh, shout out to uh, shout out to the watch party. You want to tell the listeners a little bit about the watch party? Yeah, man, it was uh, it was a good time. Uh, a lot of really really good members of Rockets Twitter, contributing members of Rockets Twitter. I will say this between you and I. There were a couple claps when the Raptors would hit shots tonight. I don't know who they were from, but I just want you to know that claps were had when good things went against the Rockets. And for that, I will never clap or applaud. So watch party was lit tonight, but I'm just trying to give you a a play-by-play that I'm trying to watch the game tonight. And there were uh, clamors of excitement when the Rockets – we're on the verge of losing that game. Maybe they were Houston Cougars fans who are supporting Armani Brooks. Oh. <laughs> you shut your mouth. You know what? Well, you we'll, shut your mouth. We'll you just, shut your we'll mouth. Just go with that. We'll just go with that. Yeah, no, that? that's fair. That's fair. Um, right. Good game Armani tonight. Brooks, who started hey, tonight, actually. Yeah, man. Good game tonight. Good game by both teams tonight. It was a well-played game. Yeah, I mean... Mm, not as well played by the Rockets, I would say. In the second half, I think I would go with, with that. Yeah, you know, like, this is a weird game because I, I don't want to discredit all of the good things that happened tonight. But at the same time, yep. I don't want to just let the fact that they blew a 24-point lead in the matter of 10 minutes just go away. And the fact that they, they gave up a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, man, it's... uh. You know what's so funny 
is, I mean, this is the second to last game of the the year for for the Rockets for us. Um, they they blew it. They blew a lead tonight. But there was a lot of positives, man. I think you're having a really negative effect on me being negative about my team, and I don't like it, Jeremy. Yeah, this is a very big role reversal in more ways yeah. than one. Yeah, I mean. Look, yeah. to be fair, if if I had a Whataburger near me, I would have gone there <laughs> instead of the Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, but as the one of us that doesn't currently live in Texas, that's that's kind of an issue. Um, no. But yeah, let's let's talk about some positives tonight. I, I think it's to. very easy to start with Kevin Porter Jr. A thirty-five point ten rebound effort from him. Thirty-five points in consecutive games for Kevin Porter pretty solid it's pretty solid it's pretty solid i i love first of all i love the ability to talk to our fans jeremy you know i talked to a couple of people there tonight that were big fans of the dream take uh so shout out to both you and myself uh shout out to our fans thank you for for listening to us yeah and it was so interesting talking to our fans live uh which is very cool man because it's you know, it's, it's so good to get a different perspective and it's not a, it's not a negative on you and I per se, but you and I have very concrete opinions. I would say most of the time, uh, you know, you feel a way about Kevin Porter jr. I feel a way about Kevin Porter jr. And I, I heard some different takes tonight and I'm just, I'm rooting for the kid, man. No matter what, I'm really honestly rooting for Kevin Porter jr. To be a rocket long-term. Yeah, and I think I think today it works as you as you get your food from the drive-through. Um, I think something that we need to I think the what worked tonight is you you really saw how Kevin Porter and Jalen Green how they kind of need to work together because they're the only guys I think on this team as of right now on this current roster that can go off for thirty in a game. Other than you know Josh Christopher, obviously, but uh, you know in, in a like any given night could be thirty. And Kevin Porter has proven that. Jalen Green has obviously proven that. Struggled tonight, but – excuse me, Mike, but Jalen Green struggling tonight, yet the Rockets only lost by two. That's why you need Kevin Porter Jr. Because when one guy is hot, the other is not, and you can find a way to mesh those two together. And the only way you really are out of the game totally – is if both guys have an off night. If if one of those guys is clicking, the Rockets have a chance to win. And I think that's like ultimately what I'm thinking when it comes to dynamic duo backcourts and why the Rockets are trying to build this team around those two is because whenever one of those guys is doing well and there's a good chance of that happening on most nights, you have a good chance to win the game, even if it's against a team like the Raptors who are nearly a 50-win team. Yeah, man. And I think... I think tonight more so than a lot of other nights, I had that feeling, and tell me if I'm wrong, of Kevin Porter Jr. and uh, Jalen Green are the next Steve Francis and Katino Mobley. You know, like... I hope their ceiling is higher than that. No, I do. No, no, no. I'm just talking about the type of player. You know, like, that's the next dynamic backcourt of the Rockets. And it's so easy to say... I like Kevin Porter Jr., man. You know, I, I've been I've been adamant that he may not be the point guard of the future. 
And that remains to be seen. But tonight he helped make a non-believer a semi-believer, if that makes sense. What I'll say this is point guard is a very – point guard is is a box term. For sure. Right? You you, you take point guard and then immediately put someone like Kevin Porter in a box. Right. When I really don't think Kevin Porter is ever going to be like the traditional point guard, the Chris Paul, the – um, you know, like the Rajon Rondo, like that yeah. is like never who Kevin Porter is going to be. But the it's thing is point. the Rockets, and I kind of alluded to this uh, on the last show that we had on Tuesday, but the Rockets are trying to build a non-traditional lineup themselves. And they're trying to kind of beat the curve as to what the future of a winning team looks like in the NBA. And I think in order to do that, you need unorthodox players like Kevin Porter, who can be, who has some point guard skills, who, but also has a lot of shooting guard skills. It, it forces teams to rethink how you play. And that's, I think what we've seen these last two weeks is the rock, the like teams have struggled against the Rockets to like really figure out how to defend Kevin Porter Jr. and and Jalen Green. And I think tonight what we saw was the Raptors really put a hyper-focus on Jalen Green and making sure that he wasn't getting those shots that he's been getting in these last couple of games. So that allowed Kevin Porter Jr. to kind of go off a little bit. Yeah, and I think another thing that proved to me tonight, and I obviously want your take on this, is tonight proved the Rockets need for a third score. Well, and it's good not to thing say, they're at the top of the draft. For sure. No, no, no. That's what I'm proving. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm saying. And I'm glad you said that is one of the things that pointed, you know, proved to me tonight is if, if they can find a way to get that third guy, you know, tonight they zero, the Raptors zeroed in on green KPJ went off. If they had another guy that could go for like a 17 to 20, you know, stat line, the Rockets win this game. So well, Josh Christopher had that 20, but in a, in a normal situation, you'd probably assume that Josh Christopher and Jalen Green's numbers would be kind of flipped. So Jalen would be the one who normally drops exactly. 20. Christopher is the eight. Shanguna had a decent night too, 17 from him. But yeah, and that's that's ultimately why I think the Rockets are going to be okay is because you look at a game like tonight and you're like, okay, yeah, they probably would have won this game if you had like a post score. Well, yeah. what do you know? That's like Paolo Boncaro on this team next year. The Rockets win this game. No, for sure. I think that if, you know, I, th- I thought they played really well tonight. You know, I think overall, I think – Another guy, like one more guy at the top of the draft. If they land in the top three, the Rockets, if they have one of those three guys, whether it be Paolo, whether it be Jabari, whether it be Chet, the Rockets win this game tonight. Yeah, and and look, I think I've used the word quarter baked more off like on more episodes than I usually don't say the term quarter baked. But that's what this team is. They're quarterback. They've won a they've won a quarter of their games so far this season, twenty and sixty one. Yet they are in these last couple of weeks have been playing competitively in, in each of these games. You get one more guy, 
And that's like kind of your, so like you have four cornerstones per se. You have green, porter, shangoon, whoever you're going to get, right? And you need green, porter, shangoon to have a solid, um, to have solid off seasons and to, to continue the growth that they've made this season. And then you need to draft the guy that, that, that complements all of them. And then you have these other pieces like Garuba, KJ, Josh Christopher, all of these, you know, high upside guys that I think all of those guys, they, they showed, I, I think KJ had a decent game tonight. Uh, didn't really show in the box score, but I think he had a decent game tonight. Uh, Josh Christopher, it did show in the box score how good of a game he had with 20 points. But Garuba, I thought, also looked kind of nice. I really loved when he stepped back for three. That, to me, was a huge that sign funny. that really put me in Garuba's favor um, about what he can do. If he can do that and and hit that at a 35 40% clip, like, he could be, he could be a keeper for a while. I just, I hope he can get the minutes for it. But for now, like, again, tonight was a night that kind of showcased the upside for the Rockets moving forward and why you should buy stock in them down the line. Yeah. You know, in all honesty, Jeremy, I hate the fact that you've had such an impact on me on a game like tonight because I watched the game like tonight and I wasn't mad. Like I wasn't frustrated. I wasn't angered by their performance tonight. Like, yeah, you know what? They blew the lead, which sucks, but it's, I looked at it as a learning experience. Garuba looked good. I think the biggest takeaway I had from tonight, and I might be wrong when I say this, but I don't think I am. This is a group of guys that a really like playing with each other, which I think is so important in today's game. They're going to grow together. They're going to embrace the offseason, which a lot of guys, it's hard to get guys to embrace the offseason like I think this group is going to. Like, I'm buying into the fact that I think that they're going to buy into the offseason. Am I crazy in that, Jeremy? No, I think I look at a guy like Jalen as a guy that's he's yeah. he's just going to be in the gym all summer. And if he's not in the gym, he's in the weight room. And I guess like Sheng, I know that like Shengun's off season, I know he's going to, um, I know he's going to compete with the Turkish national team uh, in Eurobasket. So that should be exciting for him. He'll get a chance to compete with some of Europe's best players, and I think that that will also continue to mold his game. And I think I, I think like these guys, why these games are so important. And why I wish they had won tonight is because, well, obviously I want to see my team win, but at the same time, I, I want these guys to have some sort of confidence going into this offseason. And I guess we lost Mike there, but, um, you know, I want this team to go into this offseason and have like reason, okay, like look at this game. This is going to work, guys. And not, not that a performance like tonight didn't do that. Because you you took a team who played really you know obviously Toronto we can look at we can look at the backstory of the game obviously the Rockets had two nights rest coming into this game the Raptors played last night I believe in Philly or was I'm not sure if that game was in Philly or Toronto but regardless it was a back to back for them it was a two nights rest for us so we did have that um, we did have that advantage on them 
But at the same time, you know, it's just a moral thing for these guys, Mike. It's just like that's why I wanted this this win for them is, you know, to take something tangible and use that as a building block for confidence. And maybe they get that that win on Sunday in in the last game of the season as like kind of like a send off that says, watch out for us next year. I'll say this. It, it, look, it, it doesn't mean they can't have that with the loss tonight, but you, you would rather win than lose. No, you absolutely would. And, you know, man, I, I would have loved to have won tonight, you know, for the young guys. The more I watch this team play and the more I've watched them throughout the year, the more I'm convinced that this is a team of fighters, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're a team of guys that, A, you can beat them 10 times out of 10. They're going to continue to show up. Jalen Green's a guy that he's not scared of anybody. I mean, he's a walking bucket. And the fact that there were people that went after him on that interview are stupid is the way I feel. I don't know how you feel about it. You and I haven't talked about it. I love the interview that he gave. I love what he said. I love the cockiness. You know, I think this team with him at the helm is in good hands. I think that's the best. The Jalen Green interview? Yeah. Where he said that he was a walking bucket. Yeah. I mean, was he wrong? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there were people. I saw people a part of, you know, Rockets fandom that were upset with him, you know, that said that. You know, and I thought it was ridiculous. I think the Rockets have a good mix of guys that are, like, fighting for their place in in this team moving forward, like Christopher, like Kevin Porter, like Shengun. Um, but also guys like Jalen Green, who you need on your team, that top level, top flight talent that is going to keep you at the top of, you know, your game. And, and look, the Rockets are going to be able to have that in, in the off season as well when they go in the draft and hopefully get one of those big three. But I think at the end of the day, you're starting to see this come together. We see a quarter big team in front of us today. Hopefully by this time next year, they're about half-baked, maybe 35% of the way there. I don't know how it's going to go, but I think we can truly say for the first time since since like when they beat the Bucks in the bubble, like you feel genuinely happy about the direction of this team. Ooh. I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that far. So you're not, you're not. So that, that's interesting, Mike, because it's like kind of the total, that, that's, I thought what we were. I no, 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 we are. We are. I'm, I'm just like, I say that because that's the way I'm feeling about the game tonight. But as a whole, I just feel like I'm looking, I'm looking forward. I'm looking up. Yeah. I'm looking at like a team that I know okay. can, can get better, that I, that I have confidence in this team getting better, that I have confidence in the team that is on the floor today, that they are working towards a championship. That, to me, is what I mean when I say that. And I remember, like, in the bubble, it was 
you know, very interesting because most of that experience was negative considering the, the playoffs. But if you remember those those games before, I remember that game against Milwaukee. I think it was the second game they played in the bubble. They yeah. like they won and like Milwaukee was everything opposite of Houston. And, you know, that team looked like, oh, well, maybe this can actually work. Obviously, sure. it turned out to be a total sure. slap in the face. But like that, that's what I mean when I say it. it's like. I feel like this team is getting better. And I, I genuinely can say that without any, you know, qualms. I can I genuinely think. say this team is getting better. And it's the first time I've been able to say that in over two years. I think almost two years. I think if I'm taking the fan blinder off of being just upset by all the losses, I think you're right. I'm leaning towards the camp of Jeremy Brenner here that I watched the game tonight, and you can see a more established offense. You can see a more free-flowing offense. You can see the guys are starting to get more comfortable with each other. All that is well and good. All that is well and good. Go ahead. Sorry. Does the ultimate question is, does what they're showing at the end of this season, the positivity of all of those things, and the addition of what they're going to put together in the draft, Add to more wins next year because that's all that matters, Jeremy. Like, I think and that's we'll the, find out next season. We'll find out next yeah. season. That's the I can denial, tell you this. Right? I I feel. Let's say this: twenty wins over under next season. I'm taking the over. If because oh, <laughs> let me tell you something, man. I can if, I can if they, if they win, say that if they win twenty ish games next season. I might have to retire from the podcast. Might have to. But what I'm saying is, Mike, is they'll, they'll definitely win more than 20 games next year. They better. I mean, they and that's better. a sign in the right direction. Yeah. It depends on what they win and how they win next year for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do see that too. And another thing with this, this late season success, I mean, moral victories, what we'll call it, the, the improvement, the progress. Yeah. We have to like it could be one of two things. It could be genuine growth and genuine building to success, or it could just be you're playing a bunch of teams at the end of the season. And but looking at these last couple games, look, they've played they've played tough against Minnesota. They played tough against Toronto. Played tough against the Nets. Like they had these chances to win these games. I think if you have a top three talent. A big man, hopefully a big man that can protect the rim a little bit better than what we currently have. Like, I think they win against San Antonio. They probably win against the Kings both times. They probably win against Minnesota. And tonight, definitely. So that's, you're looking at five and one. If you have like a better or a chance at five and one. What I want. Four and two at worst. Yeah, what I want. And correct me if I'm wrong, or you tell me if you feel a different way. What I ultimately want from Jalen Green after this year is anger. From Josh Christopher, from Alperen Shengun. I want anger from all these guys. Usman Garuba. Like, if somebody asked them how this season went, I want some sort of, yeah, I'm pissed, man. We won 20 games out of 82. Not, not I think 82. I think they're going to look at this season and say, we are 
we are happy, but we're not content. That's it. Okay. So we're on the same page then, right? Cause like when I say anger, yes, I want, I want a, I want to, I want Look, some I think, sort of like them going into the off season. I want the Jalen Green on Instagram, you know, post about not satisfied, pissed off. Yeah. You know, I'm getting into the gym every single day and doing this and that. That's what I want. I, I don't, I don't want a post from Alper and Shangoon saying, I'm so happy about, you know, the, the performance Look, from yeah, the year. There's a sense of being not, happy in the NBA. And I think that's what this sure. season was kind of about is, sure. is getting these guys uh, 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 dip the toe in the water and just be happy that you're in the NBA after, you know, fighting your whole life to get here all, right. you know, 19 years of life to get there. Um, but, you know, now it's a point where, okay, you're here. Let's get to work. And right. exactly. it's, it's, and I do think that these guys have that. I, I hope these guys have that. I, I don't, I don't see these guys as, and I think part of this, this last bit of the season is proving that Josh Christopher definitely has that. Uh, as someone who, oh. you know, he definitely has that. And, and I, and knowing him and Jalen and how close they've been for years, I know Jalen probably has that a little bit as well. The only problem with, with Jalen Green, I feel like is before this season, he hasn't really dealt with a whole lot of adversity, I'd say, but great, this is the adversity here. This is the adversity here. And I do think that there is part of him that is, you know, I think the one bit of adversity that he's faced or the one bit of, oh, you're not necessarily the best, is when he was taken second in the NBA draft instead of first. And I hope he takes that. And he, we know we talked about that early in the season about how that, you know, could affect him. And we haven't really seen a whole lot of that this season. But I think towards the end of the season, I think we're starting to see that a little bit more. Um, but look, I think the mentality is different next season than this season. And it has to be because, because you're, you have a different team today than you did at the beginning of the season. And you, you know your identity a little bit more than you did at the beginning of the season. And what we know now, this team, in my opinion, has built itself from the ground to 25%. They're 25% of the way done. They were at about, they were at a zero starting the season. To me, this was year zero. Of well, I, I'd say actually last year was year zero of the rebuild. This year was year one. You built it up to twenty five percent. Year two, let's try to get to thirty five, forty, hopefully fifty percent. Then you're in year three, a year where you have no reason to tank because you don't have your own draft pick, and you jump even further. And I think by twenty twenty four, you're going to look at a team and say, okay, there's a legit. Uh, a realistic chance that this team could be playing more than 82 games in the season. And then when you get to 2025, that's when these guys are going to be truly baked, you know, ready to go. And at the top of the West, in my opinion, or at least yeah. competing in the West is what, should I, what I should say. I think putting a, an icing on the topic, I think you hope for that. I think you're right on with that assessment. I think what you're honestly hoping for when I say you, I mean what Rockets fans should be hoping for is that you draft the right guy with your top pick that helps escalate that process from potentially 50% of the way done to 60% of the way done. Yeah. You know, is Jabari Smith that guy that you insert him into this lineup and all of a sudden something clicks? You know, is Chet Holmgren that rim protector that you've been needing? 
is Paulo Boncaro that right power forward that I myself have been calling for for two years that you need to put next to your big guys? What is, you know, does Christian Wood take another step in his game that proves that he's worth that big time deal and helps you take your team to the next level? That's the only thing I can hope for going into next season is while I believe in your timeline that you just laid out, I'm hopeful that whatever they do in this offseason gets them that much farther in the rebuild in this offseason. And that's that's the story of the offseason. Yeah, can you take what sure. you have built this season and elevate it? And that's what we'll be talking about all season long. The next time we talk to you guys, the season will be over. The season will be kaput. The season will be donezo. We can put this 2021-2022 season and shut the door on it. So we'll be doing uh, our final regular season post-game show Sunday evening with the yeah. 2.30 tip-off start. We'll be on live probably right after the the end of the game. And we'll kind of celebrate the fact that this horrible season, for the most part, uh, is over. And can I give, we'll get can right I give into a, the offseason. Can I give a real quick shout-out? To the dream take for two straight seasons of doing a show after every single game. Well, we are we are one game away, Mike. We need to. Oh, that's true. Gotta my, get, my we got to get there. But uh, assuming everything goes well, yes, we can we can celebrate then, and you know we'll we'll pop the champagne, get it all out, um, and get into this off season, which is really the real season, in my opinion, for the Rockets. Is is when this team, you know, takes that extra step forward. Um, but I can't wait either. And this is a good place to park the rocket ship for tonight. Thank you, the listener for tuning in to this episode of the dream take. Thank you to our fans who were at the watch party with Mike. Super, super grateful. Shout out to, um, shout out to urban South. Uh, obviously we're not, uh, you know, affiliated with, with urban South and, uh, not a sponsorship, but, uh, really appreciate them for hosting, a community event shout out to the summit state of mind podcast for hosting that event and everyone that showed out there gave mike and i some love we really appreciate y'all and for those that are listening to us live here on spotify green room thank you guys thank you to those who listen to us on demand and be sure to follow us on twitter if you haven't done so already at the dream take and at dream shake sbn head over to our facebook page if you are on that platform give us a like over there and head to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets, on SBNation.com. Follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown, at BSWPodcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Renner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Dream Taken. Until next time, go Rockets! Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go.
a little spoiler for you. If a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.